This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jen Rolnick, Sammy McKee with you for the next two hours. Plenty to get into locally. Not locally. <laughs> Come on locally. Around the National Hockey League. We'll get into great detail on the Leafs winning a wild game, rallying from two goals down to beat the Florida Panthers 5-4 in overtime. Gord Stellick will be by in about 45 minutes to get into that as well. And in the second hour, Rick Bonus, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. One of the lead leaders in the Western Conference, Winnipeg Jets. I didn't think I'd be saying this uh, middle of January. You know, it's really nice to talk to the head coach of NHL teams. It's just such a delight, uh, you know. Really, really appreciate their PR staff for giving us him. Before we get into all of that, let's lead with the Philadelphia Flyers. Keep his mouth shut. <laughs> let's lead with the Philadelphia Flyers beating the Anaheim Ducks. Is that a big story for you? Well, what's a big story yeah, know, uh, around uh, the league, if not uh, worldwide, is not so much what happened during the game, but before the game. Yeah. In which the Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov refused to participate in his team's pride night. Mm-hmm. And he didn't warm up with them. Uh based on the fact that uh, he would have to wear a, a different jersey, mm-hmm. the one that supports. The numbers had rainbow colors on them. And this is uh, caught like wildfire for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, JB, the National Hockey League, in response, came out with a statement today. Let's start with that statement. Hockey is for everyone is the umbrella initiative under which the league encourages clubs to celebrate the diversity that exists in their respective markets and to work to achieve more welcoming and inclusive environments for all fans. Clubs decide whom to celebrate, when and how, with league council and support. Players are free to decide which initiatives to support, and we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. Well, let's start there. Sure. Uh, are you happy with that response? Is that the response that people were expecting today? Or because I got to be honest with you, man, you start hearing uh, all the, the buzzwords around it uh, through social media. Some people uh, opinionated no matter where you are on this. Op- but there, there's there were some talks that he wa- they wanted him uh, suspended. They wanted uh, a million dollar fine on the team. We are down to basically players are free to decide which initiatives they want to support. Are you happy with it? I don't think they had much choice. Yeah. It's, it's the one that I expected Mm -hmm. Uh, outside of that. Yeah. uh, You, you run into a lot of issues. Yeah. You know, I would say that my feeling on this doesn't necessarily involve the NHL as a larger entity as much i do feel like this is you know it's lawyered up um protect themselves from any sort of legal issue separate themselves from you know it's just such a half measure to me if if hockey is for everyone then you know doing nothing about it here doesn't look good but i don't think they can do anything about it or you're forcing people into doing things you don't want to and 
and and that's why there, right. there wasn't anything else but uh, the freedom of choice to decide. Right. And we are, to your point, talking about very strong employment laws. Right. That talk about religious beliefs and how they can protect somebody right. so working. Before this, you know, we, we get into this to an extent where it feels like um, protecting Provorov or the NHL or the Flyers. I wrote about this. Uh, should be coming out on Sportsnet later today. All of these things, the the league protecting themselves, the team saying, you know, we're not going to force a guy to do a thing he doesn't want to do, does not insulate the player from us forming our opinions about the person. We've been doing that for th- a thousand years. Right. And that will continue for a thousand more years. Correct. The court of public opinion, which is what we are doing here in live radio, yeah. I think he's a dingus. I think he's a self selfish, self centered, yeah. short sighted, sure, close minded, small individual. Yes, and I do. and I do. And, and, and everybody's forming their opinion, right? But that's no different than that. We we like I've said, that's been going on for thousands of years, right? But we get to see it a little bit more prominent on social media now oh yeah before it was like closed doors and you can get your little groups and you can rip on people what do you think all you want all day long but this one for me uh first of all i was uh, you were waiting for the nhl to respond yeah Um, i don't know if we've heard anything from the players association i think as well I think part of the NHL's response and the Flyers' response is because is such game. that you don't need the Players Association to weigh no, in. No, I disagree. That's your player. And I would think that they would come out and support Provorov. Right. But he's, he's a paying member. That's your guy. But there's guy. nothing for the NHL to speak up against. They didn't he didn't have to do anything. Well, don't you think They didn't part, make him do it. Don't you think part of the cautious um statement that they put out probably has to do with the players association and not wanting to ruffle feathers with them. It's like, I don't think this is as strongly worded as it potentially could have been for sure. But I'm sure they're probably worried about the players association and the, and what they would think of them putting out a really, cause it's a slippery slope. It's a dangerous, pre- dangerous precedent. Right. So, well, and does it, does it, does it force the NHL now to kind of relook and, and really understand that if we continue to move forward, whatever sensitive topic or issue that we want to, get in front of our our fan base isn't we aren't going to have all 800 players possibly agree right so i think you're bringing up a good point here about pre-game jerseys and having them all like for example military i think the military pays in a lot of these places for military nights right that's part of it it's not impossible that of 800 players, there's a couple guys who don't support the military. Or doesn't... They're pacifists or whatever. Don't support war. Correct. And so they'd say, I don't... You know, so you are... Is that okay? Would that be okay? Yes. I think it'd be the same as Provorov, where you say you're free to make that decision. We are free to judge you based on that decision. And, you know, for the NHL, we are... Teams will say, I don't know if we want a guy like that in our organization. And if they feel strongly about the military... That may affect them negatively or positively. If you feel strongly about including people and creating a welcoming environment yeah. and supporting your teammates, maybe look at Provorov and say, we don't want that guy. I think I, I look at the way we acted as, as guys uh, in, in my era, and, and we were like sheep. We just followed. Mm-hmm. You walk in, you see a jersey they want you to wear, you sure. wear it. Not that hard. Right? Right. They're not cheap anymore. 
They know. That's good. They, they know that uh, uh, they don't have to follow anymore. And I'm just wondering now, does it get the NHL to sit there and, and, and just not assume that everybody's on board? And I don't know how this played out in Philadelphia, whether or not Provorov knew or did he just walk in the room, see a jersey on, and was there the assumption that he would just put it on and follow the herd? Or mm-hmm. did they take their time and say, boys, this is what we want to do. Are you okay with that? How do you feel about that? Right. Are we all in this together? Are we going to have eight guys wear jersey and and 12 not? Are we going to be 17 and three? Like, let's talk about this. I really got the feeling last night, and we watched John Tortorella address it mm-hmm. in the PR, that this thing blew up in their face. It did blow up in their face. And they, so I personally don't care whether he was presented with it 10 seconds before warm-up or 10 days because the statement he is making about the people who are welcoming, the Flyers are saying we're welcoming them and including them in hockey, see, it I, doesn't take I, me... I disagree with you. See, does it, it take you it a long time if I say, do you like this group of people, whether it's a race or whatever, does it take you time to, to really consider it and weigh that one out? I'll tell you what... I'll tell you exactly what it what you need to weigh out is the ramifications and the consequences of saying yes or no on both sides, the Philadelphia Flyers and Provorov. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, it's you're just a. Hey, do you believe in this or don't believe in it? And that's it. End of story. No, 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 no. It runs deeper to the point where Provorov. They've been trying to trade for over a year, okay? He is considered a top defenseman still. Right. He's in the wheelhouse of being, what, uh, mid-20s? 26. Makes $6 million. Shocker, guys. Don't seem to like him a lot, according to reports from within the team. You have an asset. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You woke up today. You You have no asset. He is damaged goods. There isn't a team that would touch him with a 10-foot pole right now. We're talking about different things, you and I. So to your point, you should figure out what the guys are going to do so you know if you want to move ahead with this from a business perspective correct, rather than a social perspective. Hey, listen, you're... you're, you're That's you're, a great point. You're, you're paid a lot of money, man. You, yeah. you, 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 are, you have a business here. Yeah. Your responsibility is to protect assets. I wonder... The Flyers just completely hung themselves out to dry on this one because they didn't think about it, because they weren't prepared. Right. I had heard that they were so pissed, and I, this, this is just what I'm hearing out of the building last night, they were so pissed that they told Provov, you go and tell everybody why you didn't go out in the ice. Yeah, and well, that's they why, should. And that's why, that's why Tortorella said, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, you know, to, you know the, the question then, so let's say they do it from a business perspective and they say, okay, Provorov doesn't want to go out there because he doesn't like gay people. Um, well, then are you going to cancel Pride Night to protect the asset? I don't think so. So could you, do you then have a deadline where you have to trade him before? Do you move Pride Night? Again, um, at least you give yourself a chance to, to understand that uh, you may go to Provorov and say, here's the, here's the consequences, okay? Mm-hmm. You, by saying you don't want to do this, could isolate our community and could isolate uh, every other team. 
there. Do you understand that this could be a career decision? Right. So okay. I, I see your you, point about you giving un- him days to really do, say, do, hey. Do you understand here mm-hmm. of what's at stake for you? Okay? Yeah. Now. Good, good point. You want to you wanna go down that path? Then you are welcome to go there. That is your right. Yeah. But if it gets really ugly here and I can't even use you and 31 other teams then um, stay home, and uh, I guess we'll pay you, but yeah. I can't use you anymore. It's a turning point moment for it's sure. It's a turning point moment. And say what you will about, you're, you're not in the political belief business. You are in <laughs> winning Stanley Cups, making money for your owner business first. That second one for sure. Okay. Yep. And to watch this unfold the way it did and not not thoroughly go through this on both sides. Mm-hmm. And again, at least if you would have addressed it with each and every player to, 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 to make their decision and give them ample time to understand the consequences of a yes or a no to participate, I don't think that that's what happened last night. Yeah, there are no consequences of the yes to participate, but there are, the no is pretty substantial, isn't that? Like Provorov's life is different today, justifiably so. Um, so yeah, the organization has their hands full about how to deal with it going forward now with him, whether they will yeah. speak out more strongly yeah. or take action. Otherwise, all the platitudes yeah. and the... And in the sense is this was more of a flyer, Philadelphia flyer night than it was a league night. But it really, I think, forces everybody to revisit and 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 and, and really, really present to the players... You know, where you are in certain things. This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Yeah. And you better be crystal clear what side you want to be on. So we know, you know, and the whole world will judge as we know they have for a thousand years. Yeah. And that's the way it is. It, uh, you know, I did have in my group chat with some guys, they were like, did the NHL not think that among 700 and some skaters, someone would not want to wear a jersey of a, of a number of these things. You know, you mentioned it's Pride Night or Military Night or all the different things. And this one, I, I don't know how much more you guys have on it, but, like, him with the religious stuff, that's okay. But, you know, I think it – I know a ton of people who are really religious people who are super open-minded and, you know, towards gay people and towards whatever community and that yeah. sort of thing. You like, can't go there, Sammy. I, I just – I'm just saying. Like, I know. I, it's just – it's but, but the team, but, once someone says religious, you're right. It's another employment level of – Provorov lives with his girlfriend. He's clearly not, like, hardcore orthodox. That's what I mean. Anyways, it's just, like, I just – he him kind of putting that out there. The law is the law. I don't know. Right. I get that. I understand that element of it that the team has to consider – that you can't just say, do it, you know, and again, someone's religious beliefs or whatever. But again, it doesn't prevent people from making opinion, forming opinions based on the beliefs you've chosen. Okay. Okay. All good. Okay. My end. Okay. Want to move on? Let's, let's segue into what maybe I thought was the worst officiated <laughs> game I've seen in uh, 20 years. Wow. Bold. Awful. You you hated it too, eh? Horrific. And I'm not the guy who rips on officials. Let's say, let, that, that is a fact. I'm not the guy. You're not. This I don't we, sit we here. Spend no time on, on refs uh, here. Sometimes I You rip are on the them. officials guy. Sometimes I rip on them. <laughs> here and there. 
I don't. <laughs> I, 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 Officiating. Um. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, are we going to stay on it? Because I'm going to call an audible here, and we're not going to Sheldon Keefe for Whoa. our first Kipper's Clipper, but Paul Maurice on his overview of what he saw last night. Well, there'll always be penalties that you take in your game here, and there's a whole bunch you're not going to like at all. I thought we had the inordinate share of those. Um, hard to describe the call. Usually, at least they have enough there to argue. Come over and say, yeah, the stick got up. or the Radko Gunas hits as clean a hit as you can level stick on stick, body on body. Not a charge. They're both going in the same direction. No problem with the guy going to the net at all. That's hockey. But that's, there's, I don't, I don't know what the hell those guys were doing tonight, but it wasn't uh, Florida Panther friendly. I don't know what the hell those guys were doing tonight. That's a fine. No, it's not. No? No. The officials are so bad that Paul Maurice has some grace here. He, he, he gets a green light. Yeah. I wonder if that can yeah. be true, that they can be so bad that they're legally, yes. oh, he had a point. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. He's got a point. Yeah. He's how, got a point. How, if you are the, who's the, the officiating, the boss of the officiate, officiating the NHL, the refs? Walk him. How are you walking? How are you walking? Christopher Walkham? How are you watching that game back and you see them put a man in the penalty box, go over there, have a conversation, pull him out, and put the other guy in the penalty box and that he was battling it wrong. and still get the wrong guy? How do you watch that as a boss and be like, yeah, you know what? I think, uh, I think Paul Maurice is way off with his comments here. He was bang on. They were horrible. That's such a bad look, eh? That was embarrassing, that one. That one was embarrassing. I mean... No, they had tough nights. And it was Engvall should have got a penalty. Engvall shot the stick back to the goalie. And their guy, was it Bennett, also hit the stick. Bennett's was not a penalty. Yeah. I mean, but he did move the stick. I agree. He did. He did move it, but uh, there was was no... Not like he was directing it towards or a player away. with he a puck, like, or yeah. you know anybody tripped on it. Even if someone pushes someone's like in, trips it, so he didn't step on it. If anything, but you you can't shovel a stick to a goalie and, with your stick. And Lilligren's like, and then put Lilligren in there. Him, me, you, her, him, 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 her. Uh, the uh, the Gudis hit a charge on while defending Aston a Russian player. Reese, yeah. If that's a legitimate call. I'm never covering hockey ever again. <laughs> Kiff's doing pickleball. Never. Doug in I'm Florida. Doug McLean <laughs> on pickleball and uh, and brown socks with sandals. Yeah. That's my life. Maurice is miserable too. Well, stick. I mean, he nailed it in that clip. The guy's got the puck in the stick. He's going towards the net. How do you charge a guy you're chasing? Makes with, shoulder, with to, shoulder to shoulder contact separates the man from the puck. That's kind of the point of the game, isn't it? It's been amateur hour at its best. <laughs> Should okay. <laughs> Let's do all the Maurice clips. Okay, are we done with the uh, ripping on the officials? No, no, no. They're all on the officials. Oh, okay, all right. Let's go. <laughs> Give us the overview, whichever one. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Proud of our guys here tonight. Like they flew us out to the west coast, flew us back, flew us home, flew us up here and back to back us, and then they threw those two guys at us. I think we hung in there pretty good. <laughs> I'm proud of our group. <laughs> and then they throw those two guys at us, and then play the third clip if we What's can. What's your message in a game like that? So many penalties in the first two periods, and then the whistles seem to go away. Like, like, <laughs> no. What's your advice to your players? No, I just explained to them. It had nothing to do with my players. It had to do with me and a relationship that I have with one of the referees. That's what that was all about. So just go out, keep your mouth shut, and play the game. That's a Palmer's Joker laugh, <laughs> like an unhinged. 
who was the other coach earlier in the year that suggested that it's a Toronto thing? Was that Daryl Sutter? Sutter, yeah. Was Sutter, yeah. Yeah, so now it's Sutter and Paul Maurice. <laughs> Maurice, by the way, got thrown out of a game by uh, Saint Laurent. Is it Francois Saint Laurent mm-hmm. in uh, 2016? And uh, when asked about Saint Laurent laughing at him as he threw him out, he said, "Well, I think that's a you know consistent with that official's now, you're demeanor." Not, you're not suggesting that last night had anything to do with uh, that, uh, like a personal vendetta. Maurice did. Maurice, said I know, but it, how about you? Uh no, I think it's just a bad official. Yeah, I just think it's a, a bad There's no night. way it's like I'm going to go get Paul Maurice from that thing six well, years I'm, ago. I'm gonna, I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to I'm going to put my I'm going to put my career in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, and my reputation in jeopardy so I can make him look bad. Never, never, no, no one would ever do that. But how? No? No. I, I just think of a couple Tim Peel moments over the years that maybe. Uh, that's fine, but that's yeah. that that's gray, and you can hide it, yeah. and you can mask it. That's. Those no are direct just, calls. Those are just so horrific calls. Yeah. That uh, that that's all that people look at. Yeah. Can I ask how the hell does it not play into it? Like if you hate a guy, you hate a guy. Well, well if you, you can't, if, but you're just trying but, to call the game and but, do your job. Yeah, but, yeah, but if you're an official. Yeah. It's and not that yeah. Well, it seems there's like there's something there. You're not. You're not putting your livelihood on the line for personal of reasons. Of course not. But you have, you're a human being. Yes. You have natural yeah. needs. Well, bunting. You have natural biases. Bunting. Bingo. Okay. Not getting calls because they think that he plays, he plays them. And, and that's okay. Wrong. That's human. Right? Yeah. And that wouldn't necessarily be one guy, by the way, Sammy. These guys are a team they talk to each other. They scout for each other. Uh, they, this is, when, when you talk about guys that have reputations for diving or embellishing, that's not one guy. That's the league forming an opinion on a guy that cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. No, I, listen, I just think that if he's saying this stuff, they had a prior moment. He's probably coached a million games that he's refed in. There's something there. But since then, him. I'm surely they've worked through this, right? Like they've had. Well, it doesn't seem like they have. <laughs> it is funny. They did the interference call on Marner too at the blue line. Like I get there's there's well, interference and well, guys, just but three in a row. they just he, like just collided. Yeah. Well, they had to they had to call it because it was three in a row to the Leafs, so they couldn't give the next one, and then it was borderline. <laughs> so okay, game management. I am not allowed to call. Uh, talk about a. a Referee calls the rest of the year. I just, I just exhausted. I it. just threw up all over this table. <laughs> I am not that guy. Oh, Sammy did ask I before pride the show. myself on being that, not that guy. And he said, "Do you think the officiating now is worse than it's ever been?" And I said, "No." And I think this comes up every year. Your thought? Uh, there's some issues there for sure. They're you- they're trying hard. I think at times that they're uh, fast-tracking young players. There's a big issue here, guys, on officials. How many young kids want to get into them? How many can they groom that pl- that played the game, that can have a feel for the game? Mm-hmm. There's there's some issues going on here. Is there any parallels here, fellas, between the lack of Canadian goaltending and the lack of good referees? Like, who would want to be a goalie? Who would want to be a ref in the social media era? Like, honestly, yeah. who would be a ref? You're, you're, you're onto something there for sure. 
I, I just I can't imagine going out there and make it like I'm sure they're you know well compensated or whatever, but you're on the road, everyone hates you all yeah, the time. They're There's not no like escape. making a million dollars, you no, know, they're making no. a good salary, but geez. Oh, it's a great life. It is? Get the summers off. So why you get spat at a couple times. <laughs> Big deal. Going to every Big bar. Big you got your every... summers off. Yeah. Just hated by 20,000 people every 80 times night, a every year. Every night. <laughs> Just getting screamed at. Great. What you a life. suck. We got any uh, Keef? We got lots of Keef. What do you want? I don't know. What do you have? <laughs> was that was that the weirdest game you've ever been a part of? He was asked after the game last night. All right, let her the answer to that? Yeah. We've had some odd moments. Um, I don't know. There's a lot going on in the game for sure. I don't know that. <clears throat> I don't know that I put it at the top of the list necessarily, but certainly there's a lot going on in the game. And happy our guys stuck with it and found a way to get our get our points. I would say where the um, the goalie who was in, a Zamboni driver who was employed by the team went into a game and yeah. beat them. Maybe a little bit weirder. <laughs> that was a bit maybe, maybe the game game. where they lost their captain <clears throat> five minutes into a game against the Montreal Canadiens in a playoff series. Maybe, with there's no fans in the building, maybe that was a little weirder. Yeah, I think you nailed this. <clears throat> yeah, you only remember <laughs> what you had for ones. breakfast in the morning. Come on, <laughs> um, a, an entertaining game. Absolutely. Good hockey game to watch. Little, some passion, some emotion, which was fantastic. I was gonna say, let's let's right? bring it back a little like, bit here. I, that was a good game for the Leafs. It was a fun game. Night. No, it was a fun. It was not a good game. Great game for no, the Leafs. No, not no, just no, good. No, no, great. No. Yes, really, 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 really good. No, it Let was a horrible game. It was really, really no, good. Yes, it was a fun game. No, but it was important for the reason that you're gonna like. Is that they came together. They came together in a way. Aston okay. Reese tried to punch Gudis. Yes. Michael Bunting tried to beat up a guy. Okay, you've got me on you know, that. Like yes. they, should, they had each other's good, back. They good rallied. Parts. Good parts to it, for those, sure. One of those midseason games to me, you're like, I'm with you. It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. But if I'm watching that game. It's not tight. I'm watching that game. <laughs> I'm watching two get, two yeah. teams going nowhere fast. No, it's not the Boston okay. Bruins. Uh, but it's okay. It's mid-January. And you can draw certain things from it, and I'm with you. Yeah. That I liked uh, a, a different look Greasy. out of the Leafs, right? Hunt uh, goes to the net and kicks one in. Willie's in the crease and headbutts one in. Are, are we okay with just living that uh, certain guys will just take two, three shots at Austin Matthews and you just hope that somebody comes in? This is the you get two freebies, he gets <laughs> mad in the third, and then Bunting we're, jumps we're, you we're, after we're that. We're just past that Austin just can't turn around and throw a punch. He did trip him. It was a great trip. Got him right under <laughs> yeah, the foot. Well, Total great, <laughs> absolutely him. great trip. You're right, though. Trip. It'd be nice to see him take Okay, forget it, though. Stick. We're not He'd focusing on that. What we're no. focusing on is how quickly Bunting got in there. He did. And he it was, was, what, Cousins? Yeah. yeah. He's a real right? player. So that was a nice look. It was. I, I, you know, I felt that there was an answer. And actually, Sheldon Keefe, I think we have a quote on that. Is there not? Is that part on of the, the phys- overview? On the physicality? Physicality? Sure. Yeah. Play a physical game. We'll see that one. You know, we had a lot of respect for their for their offense and how they were going to come at us. And there's a lot of skill over there. They moved the puck very well. Um, and I think the physicality piece is something that I think that they probably turned up a notch or two tonight. Um, and I thought our guys dealt with it well. You know, that's whether it was the stuff during the play or um, stuff after whistles, whatever it is, that our guys handled that well. They also handled the emotions of uh, all the penalties and you know, the oddities of the game that we dealt with that well and just stayed with it. So, you know, you never want to get behind like we did, you know, but 
Um, we look at the picture, or look at the game, excuse me, big picture, and step, step back a little bit. Power play wasn't nearly good enough for us early in the game, yet gets us a huge game that ends up turning it, a huge goal that ends up turning the game. And, uh, you know, I thought we had a really good third period. We saw Gudis, I think, uh, hip check Engvall, mm-hmm. which I thought was a good hit. Fine hit. But oh, the, no, the, the important thing is, is Austin Reese didn't like it. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Can I, can I ask you, Kipper, we were talking about this a little bit on the post game last night. What are you thinking if you're Gudis's teammate there? When a non-tough guy, yeah. after you throw, it, yeah. listen, I don't think it was dirty. I don't think it was a dirty hit, but it was borderline. Like, it was, it was greasy. He got really low on him. Yeah. And Zach Aston Reese, who's not a tough guy, yeah. challenges him. And I, I thought it was pretty embarrassing for Gudis. Like, I know they got the power play out Can of Can I it, tell you, sure. before yeah. Kipper talks, I thought watching that last night, I, I thought today that Kipper would say he liked it from Gudis. I thought it was, I hated it from Gudis. And I you are correct. Like, Am I? Yes, you are. How can you say? I'll tell you why. Oh, because if that was Giordano or anybody else in the league, you'd be like, oh, he should have dropped him immediately. Come on. Pie hole close. Come on. For a second here, okay? <laughs> You're the Florida Panthers. You won the President's Trophy, and you are within whiskers of a huge embarrassment by missing the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're up 4-2 at that point, and you just drew him into a penalty. You make it 5-2, the game is over, okay? And you're fighting for your lives to get back into a playoff race. If you go up 5-2 and you start distancing yourself, then you're... Mr. Gudis goes back to Austin Reese before the night is over and go, now it's your we've time. got some unfinished business here, buddy. Yeah. And where are you now? Yeah. And also with Gudis, there's no doubt that he's a willing combatant, right? It's not like well, someone... Surprised like, me last night. But I mean, well, like, he's not a guy. You want to go call his bluff? Well, He'll show you the cards. Four, two, he's handing Barkov Come a, a on. power he's play. Run, he's running Sammy. around all night, acting like a dick, Sticking people, <laughs> nailing people, acting like this tough guy. And then one of those bottom six guys who's never dropped his gloves all year yeah. except for once challenges him and he goes down you're, to a knee like you're, that was embarrassing. You're putting, you're, you're putting embarrassing. the ego ahead of the team here, Sammy, in that instance. I thought it was embarrassing. I know. That's all well, I it's say. embarrassing that you lost the game and you never got a chance to go back to Aston Reese. Yeah. I, I, get, I get that. The plan would have been... It's funny watching Gudis watch. They showed Gudis watching the replay, and Aston Reese misses with a wild one at one point. And all I could think was like, they're they're probably not done. Like Gudis is probably going to have something to say to him before it's over. But yeah, uh, physical game. Power play did save the night too. Two for six, he said. Yeah, I yeah. think so. But I don't know. Sometimes it looks ugly. Sometimes they can't win a face-off in the offensive zone. They start with a minute and a half on the clock. Um, and then they give up another shorthanded goal. Yeah. Marner struggled in the first. Yeah. Can I ask you guys How many shorties is too many before you say not every unit so, does that? Go ahead, Two Sam. so far, right, that they've given? Two or three, yeah. Two, I think. So going into last night, since they went to the five-forward power play, which I guess, I mean, they had that one game where they kind of put Riley out there. They've done it. But since it's mainly started on December 17th, what do you think that ranks in the NHL? Where does their power play rank? Since December, since they went to 5-1. On, 
Yeah, I'll be but honest, where was if, it ranked uh, since since they went when when they when they that's started? That's what I'm asking five, you. Where do you think it ranks since they went to five? Well, ranked? I don't know. Uh, by then, it would have been a no, but like eleventh, twelfth in the league. No, no, no. He means, but like if you started on that day, every yes. team in the league from that I, day. I bet you it's the same percentage as it was I, prior I to that. I feel the same way. No better, no worse. No like better, mid-pack. no worse. So I don't know what it was. They're eighth in the NHL since they've gone to the five man. And what were they before that? They were ninth or tenth, anyways. So there you go. It hasn't changed much. But I will say there is the NHL.com sorts a net power play when you take away the goals you're giving up the other way, and it probably looks worse with the give up whether it's two or three shorties, right? I mean, I think two, two, two shorties, and then that's over. I don't know, ten games or whatever they've been trying it. Their season that was just a their season average is twenty four point eight, and since they've gone to the five forward unit, it's twenty six point eight. Yeah. So it's gone up 2%. And, you know, Marner loses uh, the puck at the blue line and then really takes a high-risk last-ditch attempt to throw the puck up the, uh, across the middle of the ice. Mm-hmm. You seldom make him uh, see yeah. bad decisions. No, but that's that, why he's that, there because he probably, makes good decisions. You, you, eat, you eat it on the wall and you don't give up a, a shorty there. But, I mean... If you have a D-man, they think of defensive things, but these guys are out there for a reason. You can't even count on, uh, you know, three fingers how many bad plays this guy's made all year. Yeah. No, I'm not going to bury him for that one, but it is part of the risk of having a forward there instead of a D-man. Should we talk about the goalie getting pulled? Oh, yeah. Gosh, we need three shows worth of time today. Oh, let's... Yeah, we're going to talk about that, and let's go to Sheldon on that decision. I mean, when I break down the goals, you know... um, you know, I mean, obviously, like, the shorthanded goal against, he makes the save on a breakaway, and there's not a lot he can do or anything he can do, really, on the second shot. You know, the goal that I ended up pulling him on, it's a big-time shot by Barkoff. Um, you know, it's, it's just more, for me, I'm more pulling the goaltender for our team. Like, it's you just need to change something. You know, you, you can't give up four goals on eight shots, no matter how you, how you shake it out. But um, that was really it, you know. Um, you look at the actual goals and all that, I don't know, you know, um, I didn't see I think any of the goals are too egregious or weak or anything like that. There's some traffic and things involved inside of each of those goals, but um, clearly we needed to change something. And Sammy went in and did a really good job. And we had a couple of breakdowns, big saves, got the crowd into it, gave the guys some life and reason to keep pushing, and, and we did. He kind of says... I did it for the team, and then he said four and eight shots. No, 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 no. So, yeah. like, but there is a real sense that he just wants to protect him so much. Who has he done this with before? I feel like he has like guys. Was it Campbell Freddie, last year? Freddie a few years ago. Yeah, like he's he, he has goalies. He really hesitates to throw oh into the God, bus, which is fine. Like you pull a goalie. Playbook. They're not, not the end of the world. They're not, they're not like. China dolls no, here. No, they're players. They're okay. They won't crack. They won't... They, see, he stunk. Yeah. And he needs to be better. It's okay. He's a pro. He can handle it. There's a slap shot that came from... The, the guy's stick almost hit the wall on the backswing from the hash marks, and he beat him far side glove. Didn't didn't like the first one either. I know the, the ref gets in the way. The high glove shot? Yeah. But, like, he's deep in the net. He does that sort of, like... Well, he, his... He, I think he's just over it. It's like he's always about to smother a spider. He's, like, ready to... <laughs> Yes, it's like a downward facing wow, claw. Don't, don't sm- it might rain tomorrow. It's like he's, he's one or two moves ahead, but the one or two moves ahead is the puck n- catching n- part. N- never happen. <laughs> they never happen. Right. 
So yeah, not good. But high high glove is is a concern. It is major concern. So I but let me see. okay. I, can we have a quick conversation? That's the book on every goalie in the NHL. I know Murray. It's been talked about more, but like, where is a lot of the heat maps for goalies? You know why a lot of goalies get beat high glove all the time? Because that's where guys are trying to go all the time. No, glove, he's weaker there, though. Than for other sure, guys. no yeah. doubt. Yeah, he is. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But like, a lot of guys are shooting for high gloves. If you look at a yeah. lot of goalie stats, they probably aren't very good high but gloves. But a lot of guys have not struggled like he has in the last what three years. So. I looked at goalie pulls per team. I had Sportsnet stats pull that up, and I tweeted about it last night. The Leafs uh, just joined the group of teams that has only done it once this season. So they did it once for injury. Uh, Schalgren went in for Hurt Samsonov. This is the first goalie f- uh, pull for performance, 42 games into the year or whatever. Um, you know, some teams, eight, six, six, five, five, four. Like there's, you know, you get the goalie out, give your team a boost, whatever. I couldn't believe after the third goal that this guy didn't get... so hard for him. So resistant to pulling the goalie. By the way, only one team in the NHL this year has not pulled their goalie. Uh, Tampa Bay. Not Tampa Bay. Yes, yes, yes. Really? Not even one yank. Not once? Nope. (laughs) Vasilevsky just goes in and stops it. You look at both both their goalies. If Vasilevsky's in there, he just plays the whole game. And if Brian Elliott goes in... They're like, we don't care if he goes at 12. (laughs) He's standing in that. (laughs) I I will say that Samsonov came in and he saved the game. It's awesome. He didn't make a ton of saves, but all his he made saves two big were, ones. like, really clutch big saves. So, Like I said, they go up 5-2, it's over. And so Sammy makes a couple of big saves. They get a win. Is there any momentum there? No, we're not. Not yet, eh? We've got uh, Rick Bonus in the second hour. It'll be great to hear from him. Uh, I think a couple Ooh. of losses. Sammy, coming in. They're going to be a little... Tomorrow's going to be awesome. This, this is going to be week. a little miffed coming in. This is Grease Week, boys. Like a, the Bruins was a nasty <laughs> one last week. night. was a little bit weird. Then got the Jets coming in. It's always a nasty game. Samsonov, start that one? Absolutely. There might be a second team here without a goalie pull. It might be Winnipeg. Can't find them on my list. Anyway. Hellebuck's, uh Okay. Yeah, he's been pretty good this year. Yeah. There's a few guys having career years. In Winnipeg. The Winnipeg defensive numbers for the team look better, like like top 10 in the league too, not just the goaltending. You wonder if Paul Maurice is looking at the Jets going, this doesn't look good for me. Is this Samsonov's small window based on the pull last night to get in there and maybe shut a door for the next little while? Would Winnipeg, would a, a sound effort lead him? Mm. I'm I'm afraid to say this because every time I'm like, oh, if he has a good game tonight, then maybe he gets to, and then they, like last night, I was like, oh, maybe if Murray goes tonight, maybe he goes against Thursday and then yeah. he stinks to bed. So I don't know. I think if you're looking at the two goalies, Samsonov has nudged ahead a little bit, I guess. Right? Uh, no. I guess. They like, still want Murray to be the guy. Murray has the contract and the cachet. You know, oh, for sure, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. He is going to get the benefit of the doubt, but if you don't see a long stretch, there will always be that seed of doubt mm-hmm. against your benefit of the doubt. It's true. Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, they're just going to play the guy who's playing better. Yeah, time for more. You want to save these clips for the end of the show? Oh yeah, we're going to go to break here. We got Gord Stellick, uh, plenty more on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and like we said, uh, Rick Bonus, who has done a tremendous job for the Winnipeg Jets, will be joining us in the second hour. You are watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne.
right, we're just waiting on Gord Stellick, the host of Leaf Nation pre and post game. Always fun having Stelectricity on the show. He's almost like a, um, a third host, and depending on who you consider Sammy here. Yeah, oh, I always thought of an uncle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't think that's offensive. I think that's complimentary. Yes. Uncle Gord. How are you, pal? How are you? We're good. How are you? Oh, you're a good little boy, Nick. Thank Nicky. you. Thank you, Uncle Nicky. Gordy. <laughs> Tell me a story, Uncle Gordy, about um, the Leafs um, getting a little grittier and tougher, uh, standing up for each other a little bit more than maybe what we're accustomed to. Is that what we've seen in the last couple of games? Yeah, well, like when uh, when your great-grandfather used to take me to the old Con Smythe games back then, <laughs> and, you know, uh, if you can't can't beat him in the alley, you can't beat him on the ice. Uh, uh, I think, you know, and I, I, I think you've been an advocate for it uh, as well. I know some people right away will roll their eyes, but I've like seen Wayne Simmons in a couple of games of late, you know, just about that, you know, that little X factor and, you know, what went on in Boston and that. And he kind of, you know, when the guy went after bunting and he kind of, Greer did, and, they, and all of a sudden there's Wayne Simmons. And uh, I, it shows that that's still, that's still needed from time to time. But the other one, to your point, yeah, and it seems like uh, you know Michael Bunting's a guy that's really figured that out. That uh, uh, the best way for him to continue to have success and thrive is to is to buy into that role. So yeah, yeah, there's been a little bit more, and I like it. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be fighting all the time, but it was nice to see. Um, you know, you're obviously not going to see it from everyone. Willie Nylander is a guy last night who makes a big difference without being involved in too much of the physical stuff. But nice to see that he's able to have success within that sort of hockey game. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're 100% right Justin about it doesn't have to be fighting. I mean, it's it's different things and I know and again, this is the this argument, discussion, whatever you want to talk about it and whether you want to talk let's use the word toughness. And one and one thing it's interesting because Brendan Shanahan would be the perfect type of player to have still in 2023 just like he would have been in, you know, 2010 or whatever. But he maintains that, you know, toughness can be Patrick Kane or Mitch Marner just not being able to catch them, exhausting the other team by by playing that kind of style, and that's and that's a little bit how how Willie Nylander can contribute as well. You know, you can't expect a guy to do a 180 and 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 be you, you want him to be what he is. And right now he's he's having his best goal scoring you know season so far with the Maple Leafs, and and it's good to see after a so so two periods that he could come up with the big goal. I mean, that was a big game. That was a real entertaining game, and and Willie was a big part of it. And, and uh, he seems to be having fewer and fewer of those of those streaks where you go where the hell's Willie gone the last three four five six games he he hasn't had as many of those all in agreement uh, a fun game to watch uh, last night but uh earlier in the show we were talking about uh perhaps another seed of doubt on the goaltending situation Samsonov came in and did a nice cleanup job um but a couple of uh, things I want to ask you. Number one is, uh, is there a re- real concern for Matt Murray once again? And wh- why does it appear that uh, it's so hard for Sheldon Keefe to pull goalies? <laughs> you know, it, 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 it is a foreign concept, right? He's the opposite of your guy, Mike Keenan. Uh, uh, captain who, Hook. You know, what, who was the captain Hook of, of coaches. And uh, I, I, I think it was the first... Uh, first cup that the Hawks won, which was their second one with Corey Crawford. I remember there was all this kind of doubt about Corey Crawford throughout the playoffs and his glove hand or whatever. And, and it, I mean, he, he answered the critics, right? He gave them good enough goaltending, really good goaltending to win the Stanley cup. And that's what, you know, Matt Murray's going to have to do as well. Cause 
I don't know if you call them doubters or not, but certainly, and, and I know a lot was made, and Elliot was talking about it, about a certain thing that's been picked up, but I'm sure the least people pick it up too, and he can correct it. Technique-wise, I, I can't, I, I'm not, I don't know the minutia well enough to, uh, to weigh in on that or not. But, but yeah, I, I still, it, it, it is unproven goaltending. It is, it is not Vasilevsky. Uh, it, it's well, it's not even Linus Allmark right now. It's 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 not a bunch of guys when you're talking. But like Colorado showed last year, whatever that good enough goaltending gets, if you, you know that that's just what you want to get when you're in the playoffs and, and hope to get. And I still I got to say I'm still uh, pleased with what I've seen. I remain I don't know if I was a skeptical skeptic's the right word, but yeah I, I'm 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 wondering and I uh, we still need to see it bear fruit in the playoffs as well. So certainly last night wasn't a good night in that regard with Matt Murray. It was a concerning game, but I'm not in the, I'm not at the concern state right now. Hey, did we ever find out last night's telecast? Who's like uh, texting uh, Elliot uh, on, on, on <laughs> like the goalie that's being, he's leaning too much. Like, uh, are, are we talking about Trek check here or are we talking about his uh, mailman? Yeah. I, I, would it be Merrick? I don't know. Would it be, I don't know. Or his mailman. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. So, gosh. Gord, it's 2-2 in the playoffs, uh, in a playoff series, uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto. It's 2-2 in the game. It's the second period. What are the odds the five forward power play throw goes over the boards? Is this a real, serious, viable power play group that you expect to see in the big situations? Well, I, I'm trying to because, you know, Sheldon Keith gets a little testy about it and says, well, you know, people, they score shorthanded goals against teams with just one or two D or the Leafs or any other team when they have one or two D on a power play, which is true. So I'm trying to think that, like, I, I seem to be extra sensitive when I watch it. I go, oh, okay, see, here's the perils of it. Here's the perils of it going the other way. Uh, that you, As far as, um, you know, I, I, I know a lot's being made about Mitch Marner can be a, a good two-way player, and they got some players that are are, are good two-way players, but it's just a whole different animal, particularly if you're usually the one person back, and it's a, it's a pretty speedy guy likely coming down on you. So I, I still prefer not. I still prefer not. I I, I would like to think uh, whether it's Morgan Riley or whomever, probably him. But uh, but I guess if it's based on merit, then you have a bit of a problem. If say if say you don't you, you don't have a defenseman you can put out there, that's not a good thing. And okay, you know you're going to live and die with the five D. That's because you're going to die if you don't get by the first round of the playoffs. So that's up for Sheldon Keith and others to decide. But I, I would prefer not. Your turn. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is it? Uh, no, it's me. Right. I think it's me. Yeah. Well, you board kipper. I don't know. I just. <laughs> <laughs> what just, the hell? Uh, you know what? I was just thinking if I had to bring anything home today uh, after the show for, <laughs> for my up wife. A rotisserie chicken. <laughs> 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 All right, back to work. Hey, Morgan Riley, uh, there are times when we saw him on the power play last night. Uh, better for me, uh, just in terms of, uh, you know, he did take a lot of heat in the last week and a half, two weeks, Gord, since he's been back, but uh, looked a lot more comfortable last night, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'm big on him. I'm, I'm really, I'm really have always been big on Morgan Riley, so I, I thought he did as well. Like, I, 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 I believe he can be, uh, he can be the guy. And, I, and I'll, you know, last couple of years, you've never known, and certainly in his case, he had one season, you know, that you knew about half the year. He, he was battling some kind of injury. And when you're not playing 100%, as you, would, as you guys would well know, uh, that, that's, a big, big, that's a big, big problem to deal with. But, yeah, I, I, I like the way they played. Like, he's not a Norris guy. 
And that's the thing. I mean, you, you don't have the stud defensemen like the Victor Hedman or, you know, or the Kale McCarr or, you know, that a lot of Stanley Cup teams have. But you have what Washington, you can have what Washington had a little bit more by committee. You know, Gord, we had an interesting situation last night where Paul Maurice comes out after the game and says, you know, that the, all that officiating, all those calls against my team, he said he, he told his team it wasn't about what was going on in the ice, but about his relationship with that referee. We had a little discussion about it earlier. How common is it that a relationship with a coach and a referee will actually affect the calls being made on the ice? Well, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, the, the answer is, Justin, that um, I don't know, but let's put it in the perception is reality situation, right? Right. So, so may, maybe does it happen or because, like, I, I certainly know. Like, you knew certain coaches and they go, oh, crap. We got so-and-so and it, and it, you know, it just, it's like a lot of people in life, like it's, the words are supposed to just, you know, you're supposed to forget it, move on. But you know, people, some people, it sinks a little bit more and they hold grudges and, and they're pissed. And I am sure just like baseball umpires with certain managers, I, I am sure that they're only human. And I think, I think it can be a, a legitimate complaint at times, but uh, even if it's not legitimate, your perception is that that's what's going on. So, you know, and, and Paul Maurice has been around a long time, and I think he's a pretty measured, reasonable guy. You know, that it's not, you know, I mean, one of the, it's funny, one of the ones that was toughest on the refs, but they all liked him, was Pat Quinn. Man, he, he never let up chirping the whole time at the referees when uh, on the ice. But I, I think that could be a part of it. it but but it's, it's a dangerous, and again, I think he walked it okay. You've had a lot of guys coming to Toronto, you know, saying some salvos. I mean, Sheldon Keith gets fined 25000 and other guys just throwing a little bit of a zinger out. Daryl Sutter did it as well, and being able to walk well, away with their pocketbook intact. That, that's two guys that are historically are up there with uh, the most wins in NHL history as as head coaches here. Uh, a third one, people are going to start talking, are they not? <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, just uh, yeah, I, I, I agreed, agreed. You know, it's just kind of I don't. Did they get cut? But I also think they knew what not exactly to say. What what the button is that that all of a sudden okay gotcha. Like uh, they just alluded enough is may, maybe the way it got interpreted. But it seems to be the place to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Must mean the Leafs are good if they're talking conspiracy theory again. Right. Well, and you know, historically, I think the Leafs over the past five years or something, they're one of the least penalized teams in the NHL. But they also draw like you know the least penalties. So I think I don't know. I, I just can't imagine where that reputation would have come from. Particularly that they're a pretty clean team. I think by and large. Yeah. 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 No. It's it's and and I mean. I, I just like I I remember running like there'd be a guy like okay I, like Paul Stewart would talk about how much he loved uh, refing in Toronto or Montreal right I I don't know if uh, if if refs still feel that way he even said he loved calling a penalty shot against the home team right <laughs> mm-hmm. like it just you know <laughs> it just it just got him going and and uh, and uh, but I mean nowadays I I'd be really really surprised the other part with the like like us as fans anymore. You know, we, we, we don't know the, 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 the flamboyant Paul Stewart. We don't know three-hour Marowelli. You know, we don't right. know, or, you know Andy Van Helleman, the kind of game. Like, but just because the tandem, it doesn't really resonate. So they don't, they don't get the notoriety, you know, good, bad from the fans. But certainly at that level, 
and and something and man oh man I I so I I I obviously I, I I'd be curious to find out more and uh, maybe at some day we will find out some more if someone around Paul Maurice you can find out why why a certain grudge but I I got to tell you I always like talking to coaches evaluating referees you know you talk to whatever just along the way I I always liked in general I thought they would give because they're down there in the trenches about you know who's uh, who who they feel is a, a quality referee and who they feel is lacking. We're talking to Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post game, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Sheldon Keefe, Gord insinuated that he pulled Matt Murray less about what was going on with him and maybe a little bit more on just getting a reaction out of his team. If if he's true to that, then. Put him back in against Winnipeg on Thursday night. Yeah, good point. Good point. What do you think? Uh, I yeah, I, I'd, I'd be okay with it. Like I'm, I, I know, I know, like, and 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 part of it is because uh, you you guys have the ultimate hockey talk. People can talk hockey forever. I love doing. It. I think sometimes you know we can get into the minutia that you know n- not neither goaltenders establish that they're the guy and the other person. You know, these so so it's a feeling out process that I that. Uh, for the rest of the regular season, unless something changes, but I'd be okay putting him back in, if, especially if that's what he said. I, I thought he I, I Hey, he wasn't sharp. Okay, he wasn't sharp until he got that tip from Elliot that he was leaning wrong. I think he, he, on the, he was sitting. He was sitting straight on the bench after. Did you notice that he was sitting straight? <laughs> so maybe that's all I'm worked telling you, out. If it's true. <laughs> On the next show, Elliot should be sitting in one of those couches on the side, and then just bring his source on the on the panel. Be like, yeah, what? you're unbelievable. You're unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> I any, know. Any thoughts on uh, Bobby McMahon sticking with the team? I keep right in and ask you if you liked him last yeah. night. You like him? Every time he goes in, every time he's along the walls, he just looks like a big body that's not afraid afraid to get in. Gord, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, who was it years ago? Was it? Um... Like Stuart Percy, right? I know. I mean, he was a defenseman. I know that, and he was a kid. But I remember he was one of the three stars a couple of times, and then he was gone, right? So you know, there's this uh, initial thing that you hesitate to make a, you know, go over the the, the big proclamation. But I've liked him. I'm like you. I was so disappointed. Yet he didn't get that goal. I, I love that his dad Great got shot. robbed, and then it, and then it got, uh, you know. And so yeah, he's he's you know, I, I like those kind of stories, and and I like what he's brought, and a little bit of that grit that you've talked about, and. And this is still, you know, it's still a feeling out process for third and fourth line guys. I mean, it's not like a lot of them are making us jump through hoops with joy. Well, what do you think, Kipper? I'm done with him. All right. What? <laughs> Gordo. Hey, jump, jump, me jumping through hoops probably did it. Probably did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Kipper, do you have to pick up anything on the way home? No, but you want to come over for some rotisserie chicken <laughs> later on? Go. Well, some other time, some other time. Okay. We got, uh, I'm I, I'm involved in that uh, Ballard documentary. So, um, oh wow, okay. Then yeah. now we're not going to let you go because uh, I'm very curious. Uh, tell me more. Th- yeah, tell us about it. Um, this is my era of growing up with Harold Ballard as the owner of my favorite team. This is can't miss television for me here, Gord. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'll tell you. Well, you know, and again, it's done from, you know, Jason Priestley and a, a producer named Michael Geddes, but their eyes. And, of course, they're the ones that tell the story. i got to tell you guys, they did a wonderful job, wonderful job. They dug up so much footage and, you know, about um, – and he he knew that you had you, – you couldn't toast or get the – Did we lose him? Did we lose him? The ghost of Harold Ballard cut off his mic. What happened? We lost Gord. 
And this is the only part I really cared about is the, <laughs> the last 15 minutes because I wasn't even paying attention to them because my wife was sending me, you know, a list. Are we calling him back? Yeah, I can call. Yeah, call him back. Yeah. Valor, is that the name of the doc? Ballard? Ballard, Valor. Still, I, I it, don't know. Ballard, I don't know. Ballard's Valor. He was. He wouldn't last five seconds in today's world. No. With his views and yeah. his thoughts. Not yeah. five He'd have seconds. Team of. Well, we can get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I say can benefit me or the show. Um, oh. But yes, I am very excited to. You know, I came to Toronto 10 years ago. And I have followed, you know, the Leafs, they're everywhere. You kind of know what's going on. But I'm not up on the battle era. Returned. All right, we got Gord. Okay, Gord, you were at the part where you said that they had amazing footage of you getting Harold a coffee. <laughs> no, not quite that, Kippy. I okay. said, God, uh, you know, he, he owned the, well, he owned Maple Leaf. He was a larger shareholder, Maple Leaf Gardens Limited. So he owned the team by virtue of that. It's for, it's what, for 18 years. You know, it's a huge chunk of time. There's a, you know, it's a really, uh, it's a very interesting story about a guy that it should have been the house that Smythe built forever, and that all changed and explains all that. And uh, you know, the one thing, so so it's very very entertaining. It also explains why the Leafs never really why they never won. And you know, I I, I worked there. I still he gave me a, a great opportunity working there, so I always appreciate that. But and I also I always say I don't Kipper. Did you ever meet him? Oh, yes. Yeah. So what, do you not think he was a nice guy when you met him? You know what? There was always that, 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 that charitable side that he only brought out when he wanted to. And, but he, there was always something inside of him that, uh, that was there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just meant, but usually people's first reaction would be, geez, what a nice guy kind of thing. But oh, it, yeah. But, but, but and, and he, really, he really did have that side. I don't think that side comes out enough. Like, like you can't make an argument about like I'll argue the teachers pension fund were terrible owners, but people couldn't give a damn about that. You know, I go, they were terrible. All they cared about was the bottom line, but they stayed away. You can't, you can't argue pro Harold Ballard owning the Maple Leafs. And I never try to make that argument. It's sort of like, which way do you want to get executed? Okay. It's <laughs> not, neither's, neither's any good, but it's, I'll tell you, there was never a dull day there. And you, you got like guys like Daryl Sittler and Lanny McDonald and Wendell Clark and you know, Gary Lehman and Ricky Vive and, you know, just a, a lot of people that were around then. It's 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 a really neat story, and for people that that are, are are younger, it's a real neat story. Because if you're a sports fan, like I, you know, did you see the Al Davis one? They had Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, and you know, I love those. I, I love you know whether George Steinbrenner era with the Yankees, March shot with the Reds. You know, I, I and I thank God we've moved on from that era in many many ways. But it, it, the teams were still mom and pop almost mom and pop variety stores back then compared to the big corporate conglomerates they are now. So Jason, so Michael Geddes is the main producer and Jason Priestley then put it all together. I thought they did a really good job. I think it's some, I think people are really going to enjoy it. So social cue aside, if he was an owner of an NHL team today, would he be at the bottom of a salary cap or at the very top? Uh, We'd be at the bottom of the salary cap. We, we had a salary cap and there was no cap. You know, so, <laughs> so uh, it wow. would be, yeah, it, yeah. again, you, 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 but you know what, I, I, but which doesn't get brought up, right? Like he lost a lot of money on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Like the CFL really owes this guy. And, and Don Crump, who was the treasurer, got to be commissioner because 
I, you know, Ballard left them alone. They got in four Grey Cups. They won one. Uh, you know, so it, so it's a very complex individual. He lived there. Like, his apartment was the office. What sports, you know, who does that, right? So he was literally there 24-7. So it's just a very different era, and it was a very unique time, and, it, and it's a neat story. What's it called, and when can we see it, and where? Uh, it's on CBC this uh, Sunday. Right. Uh, I forget what it's called. Offside, it's called. It's called Offside. And uh, it's on CBC this Sunday evening. I, I can't remember eight o'clock or something like that. Do Maybe we... that's when the big hands on the big hands on the twelve and the little hands on the eight. <laughs> hey, thanks, thanks, pal. One more, <laughs> one more. Did when he owned the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Did the Leafs do a team picture with an actual tiger on the ice? He brought a tiger on the ice once, and uh, just before the Grey Cup. <laughs> and he says once, and it's like just once though. And and the handler was super pissed. Because, like, he started hugging the tiger. Like, tiger could have killed him. Like, you know, he, like, that's just kind of the way he went through stuff. And, and there was another Grey Cup. And they're playing the next day. You think about this, okay? The Ticats playing the Grey Cup. And the Leafs are playing Saturday. And he goes, hey, Gordy, can you come up with some things for the scoreboard? Like, I want to piss the Argo fans off, right? So, you know, I, I, I quickly thought of them. And, like, one I had was uh, Ticat souvenirs available at all uh, concession stands. Argo souvenirs, question mark. Call Acme Storage one eight hundred. Anyway, so it got, so it got a big laugh, and then at the end, I put a stupid, I put a prediction now, like uh, prediction: Hamilton thirty five, whoever Edmonton twenty eight, and then they won. And Dick Beddoes Monday Monday goes Harold Ballard's prediction was almost right on. Like I was just putting these down as a, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's what I say. You know, you know, you, you just always always something. It taught you to think on your feet. You're lucky I wasn't around uh, when you took that team picture with the tiger. I would have hit a cheeseburger in your pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Smashed McDouble? (laughs) Where are you going to get a cheeseburger at the Gardens? You would have got those old hot dogs. (laughs) Okay, we're going to look for it, Gordo. Thanks, man. Okay, see you, gentlemen. Thanks, Gordo Stalick, former Toronto Maple Leaf general manager and tiger tamer. a A lot of things were more entertaining back in the day. Were they not like the... It wasn't better. This is not a claim it was better, but the weird billionaire owner era was entertaining. Yes, but like I said, a, a, no social IQ no. whatsoever uh, really? when it came to his beliefs and uh, just when the last five seconds today. No. Uh, and there were parts of him when he was, from what I hear, really nasty. Yeah. You know, and mean. The, yeah, it sounds like it. The um, It just felt like for a long time, individuals ran teams in a certain way. Like, you know, I've heard, uh, and no disrespect to a man that I like a lot, a lot in Cliff Fletcher, but I've heard that he would just like yell out trades to the, you know, hey, I can get whatever for so-and-so. You guys think I should do it? And it's like the guy in the mailroom's like, do it! You know, and then like... You know, now it's so private and big groups of people and oh, people run get the numbers. Fired and, now for leaking information, yeah, right? And it used to be just a kind of a guy making a decision. Now it's all by committee and vetted and what are the analytics and what are the caps? Pulling straws on a guy's future. Yeah. Ed Olchuk has uh, the best story, eh? When he was traded uh, uh, while his wife was uh, giving birth. To, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, think, I, think, I think we've shared that one already. That's hilarious. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Are we out early here, Sammy, well, or are we good? Uh, we got two minutes. We got two minutes? Well, we got one minute. Pontus Holmberg sent down to the minors today. 
loan to the Marlies. Okay, is this just um, well, is this cap stint? issues? I think maybe conditioning stint. He was sick. I don't think it's cap issues. Uh, well, he's a minimum, right? He's yeah. B850 like he, everybody he's else. Wa- he's waiver exempt. I'm sure it's like a go get a game in there or something. Come back ready. Um, Did uh, Kerfoot looks good in the fourth line? McMahon uh, kind of factor in that we can move Holmberg down now. He kind of just Not for me. slid in as a big body type of guy. He no, I'm not saying that yeah, he's. Yeah. I'm just Surpass saying though, no, it makes the decision easier mm-hmm. that McMahon is now kind of, I don't know, played a little bit of a Homburg kind of role. You know, it's. I don't know how many guys in your roster you want to look at and say, as long as he just does his job, we're fine there. Like you want to get ahead, you want to be better than the other team's fourth line. But McMahon certainly strikes me as a guy like Holmberg, where you don't fall behind. They can at least do their job. They're on the right side of the puck. You know, I don't know how many of those guys you want to have, but yeah. nice to have a guy or two that can plug a hole. All right, I, I think I think Holmberg's got a chance to 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 be in the lineup game player. one, yeah, in in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I wouldn't roll out McMahon, and maybe we'll get uh, we'll get into this after bonus. But I thought Kerfoot looked good in the fourth line as the center too. So maybe they, maybe they, but uh, you don't want that, right? Eh. No, no. Well, maybe not. Uh, maybe you do. I just think you want Kerfoot playing wing. I don't wherever you want him in the lineup, you want him playing wing to me. Okay, we'll uh, we'll pick up that conversation maybe after a discussion with the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus, will be joining us. Stick around for more Real Kipper and Bourne. All right, just waiting on Rick Bonus, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Twenty nine, fifteen, and one. Like, yeah, wow. Boston, a surprise. Winnipeg, right up there for you? Among the biggest surprises yeah. of the year? The, the biggest, I think. How Bigger than Boston's uh, run. Well, that's a fair point. Probably about the same. They're both very yeah, surprised. Yeah. I, I am as surprised that Winnipeg's right there uh, in the Central Division, the Western Conference, as I am Boston sitting here with uh, five losses in 43 games. For me, it's the defensive play of the Jets that's uh, kind of caught my eye. And much like the Toronto Maple Leafs, like they seem to defend as a team pretty well. And that was something that had been a question mark for them is being on the right side of the puck, having the forwards commit to being on the right side of the puck. And you know, they've kept the puck out of their net this year. Good thing or bad thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs when it made losing in Montreal last night, 4-1. Getting a little bit motivated. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know. The, uh, the Jets have given up the fewest goals in the uh, Central Division this year. That's a pretty good defensive division. What, what's the first thought when you think of the Winnipeg Jets now? Is it uh, the faces of the organization that are still there, like uh, 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 Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler? You know, I, I think of high-end talent, and that can make a difference in a playoff series. Like, you get them in a series, you got all these guys that can score, and a goalie that's all-world. You know, anytime you go up against a team that can do that, if the rest of the guys can kind of keep it together, you like their chances. They can beat anyone. You know, the uh, the the depth guys, I've liked Adam Lowry for the bulk of his career. I like Kevin Stemlin. Is he not an, uh, an ultimate third Line centerman checking. Is he the Leafs dream depth guy? <laughs> you pick from the league. Ah, oh, listen, put Lowry he, he, on Low- any contending Kipper's team. Kipper's got Lowry, Garnet, Hathaway. We've got two pieces of your perfect third or fourth line right now. We just got to figure out who those. Tanev. 
Tanev? Tanev. Chris Tanev. No. Brandon Tanev. Brandon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave Chris on defense. Yeah, fair enough. I don't think Calgary wants to uh, give me... Watch uh, him play in fourth line wing? Yeah. No. Really? Tanev, I think, is one of the the best fourth line players in the league. It's a good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I like about all those guys is energetic. They go get it. Scrappy. Good speed. All right. Sammy, we uh, finding Rick? Maybe yep. Rick's... Stand by here. Just give me two minutes. No, no problem at all. <laughs> ask him if he's feeling okay after Here, ask, uh, a ask, loss. I'll ask you a question. Um, Timothy Lilligren, so yesterday they go five forwards uh, on the power play. Yeah. The next unit, the D-man is Connor Timmons. Not Morgan Riley. Yeah. Not Timothy Lilligren. Yeah. Do you think not think that, like, why is Timmons getting of the only yeah, D-man to go well, over the boards on the power play? Timmons? They think he's capable. They think that, uh, again, part of his upside as a prospect all along was that uh, this guy, it was it was believed that he could be a, f- a top four defenseman. Right, but Lilligren too, right? Should he not get the reps in case, I don't think Timmons is going to be in the playoff lineup. Know, they probably think Timmons shoots the puck better. I bet they do. But still, I, I don't think they think Timmons is going to be in the lineup. Yeah. And they're... I think they got to... You got to focus on Morgan Riley going back there and yeah. gaining some con. It's a confidence booster too mm-hmm. when you pay, play the power play. It is keeping the know, routine, the easy minutes, a lot of touches. Being out there on the number one unit on a team that's supposed to contend is like the ultimate confidence booster. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on with your game. If a coach feels like you still should be on a number one power play, that uh, that's a shot in the arm. You know what's a interesting thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs is all of their elite forward or all their elite pieces, they don't have a natural bumper guy. You know, it works with five forwards because Bunting, Tavares can do that, then Bunting can be net front or yeah. Bunting can be bumper and Tavares can be net front. They have one of those guys in Tavares. They don't have two. Willie, Mitch, Austin, all yeah. flank guys. Flanks. Yeah. So... You're asking one of them. Yeah. They've put Mitch in the middle. They've put Austin in the middle. Willie's tried the, it. The, the one tendency I have with Morgan on the power play is he 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 goes to Austin way too much for me. And, and it's, it's, it's really predictable. You'd much rather him go to Austin less than half the time so that they're sleeping on him a little. So Mitch can lull them to sleep and you can see yes. them and get him. Oh, yeah, he's over there. It just seems forced to yeah. me. You don't have Ovechkin handling the puck a ton as the flank guy. Everyone does their thing until it's time to get it to load up the cannon, you know? Well, it's going to be a good challenge, I think, uh, because Winnipeg comes in as one of those teams, and they're, uh, they they got a handful up front. Mm-hmm. And if, if we look at uh, Winnipeg, we see guys having career years. Should we do some Jets lines here? Connor Dubois-Ehlers as the top line, just goal scorers everywhere. Like Perfetti, yeah. Shifley, Wheeler as a second line. And there's a, there's a lot of buzz in Montreal with Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. he, going he, there. He said the right things yesterday. Do you hear him? Uh, no. He said that uh, uh, he'd be doing his teammates a disservice if he th- focused on anything other than this year. Yeah. All right. So he, so he didn't have a real estate agent w- with him uh, looking for... <laughs> Apartments? I don't know about that. <laughs> but, that's, you know. That's all, that's all I heard um, was the buzz in the building. Yeah. Players Dubois. talking about where's, what's, what's Pierre-Luc Dubois going to do? Guys, 50 he's got, points in 45 he's games, got, 20 goals. He's, got, uh, he's a restricted free agent next year. 
which means that uh, he's ARB eligible to sign a one-year deal and then in 2024 become an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Six foot two, 205 pounds, 50 points in twenty er, in 45 games. 90-point pace. Yeah, 24 years old. That's a... What's that worth? That's expensive. What's that worth? Nine, Nine? million? Well, it looks like we're in agreement there. It's <laughs> a lot of money, you know? Yeah, it is. And I think Winnipeg would be happy to pay it if if somehow, some way he changes his mind. But yeah. I went on Tim and Friends... Uh, uh, last night and uh everything all right let's uh let's pick up that conversation after let's go to uh rick bonus and rick uh i was just asking uh uh jb if uh you know it's been a tremendous year so far you're challenging uh in the central in the west but it is coming off a, a 4-1 loss so are we in a good mood right now or <laughs> never, never in a good mood after a game like last night and it's really it's, sometimes it's not about the score. It's just about how you play. And it, it was that, that's one of the worst games we played in a while. And as I mentioned after the game, there's very few games this year uh, after 45 games that we walked out of a rink and said, well, we certainly did not deserve to win that. But that was certainly the case last night. So the 4 1, yeah, we. You know, we had some really good looks to tighten it up, but we did not deserve to win that game. Our play with and without the puck was very, very sloppy. Just in terms of uh, the things that have gone right so far and obviously what didn't show up last night, but what, what, are, what are one or two things that have really stood out for you on what you've seen out of your team in the first 40-plus games? Well, uh, you know, we went through all those injuries and... Uh, I, I gave the, and still do. I give the players that were stepped into those roles and accept uh, not their usual role on the team. And what a great job they did! So we were very, very resilient through all of that. We've got some tremendous seasons individually so far. Obviously, with Connor Hellebuck in the net, uh, he says he is the elite goaltending that gives you a chance to win every night. Josh Morrissey has I know there's been a lot has talked about his play. He's putting up the points, but he's also playing against the, the top end players every night. So he's been outstanding. Uh, you know, Kyle Connor, you know, he's going to score goals. The, the two way play of uh, JP Dubois has been outstanding for us. Um, he, he's, he's strong at both ends of the ice. He's putting up numbers offensively, obviously, but we can run him head to head against anybody in the league. So, uh, very pleased with that. Mark Sharkey, of course, as you know, with 26 goals, he can put the puck in the net. So, we, we have gotten some big individual performances from the, from the guys that you view as difference makers in the outcome of a game, but never to be forgotten are those guys that filled in those roles through all those injuries uh, and, and did an outstanding job for us. Rick, in, in the past when the Winnipeg Jets have been a good defensive team, it has been largely on the back of, of Hellebuck. He's been fantastic, but I'm one of those nerds who looks at the numbers, and your team is very good defensively all around in terms of giving up you know, not as many chances as a group. That, to me, seems like a team buy-in thing. How do you convince a team that has always scored quite a bit to be on the right side of the puck and maybe maybe not think about the offense first? Well, I uh, 
one of the first uh, calls I made when I got the job was to Connor <laughs> Hellebuck, and I told him, listen, we're going to make your life a lot easier next year. We're going to do everything we can to tighten up the play in front of you. I, I, I know last year they gave up a ton of great A's, and um, we've cut back on those a lot. I still think there's times where even last night we gave up a lot more than we normally do because we, we didn't do what we were supposed to do defensively in front of them. But we have cut down on the great A's now. We're giving up a few uh, too many shots on the outside uh, for, for my liking, but a lot of that has to do with poor puck management. So that goes back to other. They just got so accustomed last year to going chance for chance. And yeah, relying on Connor to make the difference in the game and, and capitalizing on the opportunities that they had. So a lot of this, the chances that they are getting both on the rush and gaining access to our zone are just really just poor puck management on our part. But uh, we have made a concerted effort from training camp on to cut down on those great A's in front of them and do a much better job of coming back and, and working from the inside out. Now, it's a, last night we'll, we'll show you that it's obviously still a work in progress. For the most part, it's been very, very good. When we've been bad like we were last night, then we're giving up those chances that they were giving up last year, which makes you we're know, sleepless nights for coaches. But we, it, for the most part, we're very, very happy where we are. But again, last night shows you that we still are a work in progress. Progress, and we still have a, to do a better job to cut down those chances on a consistent night-to-night basis. We're talking to Rick Bonus, head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, not easy even for a veteran like you to come in and, and really uh, replace a guy like uh, Paul Maurice, who was very beloved in that community and, and amongst the players and had such longevity there. But maybe you can speak, Rick, a little bit too on, on how the dynamic has worked with uh, yourself, Scott Arneal, uh, Brad Lauer, uh, Marty Johnson's there as well. Uh, my understanding um, from what I gather and talking to maybe a few players is that, uh, you know, Scott can maybe focus maybe a little bit more on uh, the X and, and O's and you, you know, from 20,000 feet above can maybe manage a few personalities or, you know, in the motivational. But, but how has it worked out overall and that's really led to great success? Well, the, the, the coaches that you mentioned, Scotty, Brad, Marty, and Wade Flirty, that was been here for a long time. Just they, they do an outstanding job, and uh, you, you let them do their do their thing. They're they're great coaches and they're good communicators, which is a very important part of coaching in our league today. We knew we had a lot of work to do coming in, uh, both on the specialty teams with Scott runs and the power play which Brad and Marty run. Um, so there was a lot of work to be done. There was also the culture to the way had to change so that takes a lot of work and that does take a lot of one-on-one time and it, it, again it's just it's it's a, it's a continual work in progress so um yeah it's worked it's a great staff i'm thrilled with the guys that they came in to help me out here uh and when we do work very very closely as a very tight-knit group and we work very closely on all aspects of the game and i certainly give them a lot of rain uh to do their thing because i have full trust in them would the Jets or the Jets fans put any more stock into a game against the Leafs? Is it fair to call it a rivalry, even though it's not in division? Well, again, I missed uh, I missed that Canadian division. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was down in Dallas, uh, and I think 
right now it's uh listen they're they're tops and they're near the top in their division and conference and and so are we so it's it's really a battle of two very very good teams um they played better than we did obviously last night so it's going to be up to us to rebound and play Winnipeg Jets style of hockey that's gotten us to this point this year but tomorrow night should be a very entertaining hockey game they can score we can score uh, and I think both types of the teams would like to tighten up those four, that four goals against. Uh, one of the players that uh, uh, I think uh, got a new birth certificate, he's now named Norrissey, um, a defenseman for you. Uh, you know, when, I, when, I, when we look at Josh Norrissey, we see a guy, at least here in Toronto, that we can kind of say, eh, maybe he's in the Morgan Riley kind of, you know, uh, uh, place in terms of, yeah, very good defenseman, but we don't, we don't really, first and foremost, think of them as, as leading for a, a major award like a, a Norris Trophy. What has Josh Morrissey done in the first 45 games to completely take the perception of what type of defenseman he is to another level? Well, again, when I got the job in July, um, uh, Josh was one of my quick calls as well. The I just remember coming in with Dallas into Winnipeg a few years ago and being, being very, very impressed with his play, his skating, his IQ, and his skills. Um, so when, that, when I did get the job, I called him and kind of told him, listen, if, if we don't get you in the top 10 voting of that Norris Trophy, then I'm disappointed in me, first of all. And second of all, I'll be disappointed in you. So we got to work together here to unleash your talents because, again, he's an elite skater. He has a great hockey IQ and he has elite skills. So you got to let him play. And we've kind of given him the green light. To, to use those skills, he used the hockey IQ, and certainly that skating ability. And he's up with the rush; he can lead the rush, and we have full confidence in him and, and defensively because again, he does play against the top players in the league. So um, he, he's been everything and more that I, I remember. What I remember and what I'm seeing, he's everything and more of that. Rick, you know, you mentioned the calls you made when you first come in. Like managing those relationships is crucial. And one of the difficult things you had to do when you came in was obviously Blake Wheeler, no longer the captain of that team. How has your relationship evolved with him from the start of the season till now? It's been fine from day one. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't happy that we were doing that, but we all know all the turmoil that was surrounded that team last year. So when you looked at it, you said, well, changes have to be made there. Well, that's right. We do. We have to change. We have to change the perception of the team. We have to change the, the culture of the team. And again, talking to all the players, it became very clear to me that they all wanted more of a voice in what was going on in the room. So we gave them that and we took away the, the, the C, which was very tough to do. And, and Blake's been dealing with it like a real pro that he is from day one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still gonna, going to lead whether you were a C or an A. If you're a leader, you're a leader. And you're still going to do it your thing. As I told him when we had that initial discussion, I still expect him to be a big part of the leadership group, which he is. Now, um, so we did take a C. We did name a C for that particular reason. The players wanted all sounded like they wanted more of a voice and have 20 voices instead of one or two or three. So that's what I gave them. And it's their room and, uh, and, and, and they're making the most of it. But Blake's been outstanding and I have, have not had an issue with them. Uh, it, and everyone has a voice. We have three guys and, and we're in the A's. Um, and I do, you know, talk to them quite a bit, but Doobie and all these guys and, uh, Casey, uh, they all have this voice and what's going on in that room. 
And that's what, that was very, very important that we had to address it and we had to change it. So as tough a call as it was, it was the right call to make. We all assume that your players will put Kevin Day off in a position down the stretch to maybe add or f- a few bodies uh, possibly to uh, really go for this. But as far as uh, uh, Nick Ehlers uh, back in your lineup, it's like almost like you, you traded for a guy. What's he done since he's been back to rescu- uh, restructure your, your depth uh, up front? Well, he certainly helped the top six, um, and he gives us a lot more speed and a lot more skill than playmaking, and he can score goals. But uh, he's been impressive, again, just with his speed and his ability. You know, there's a lot of guys with great speed, but when they go to shoot the puck or make a play, they got to slow up a little bit. Well, Nick doesn't. He can make uh, high-end plays at high-end speed, and he can. he's got a great release, so he's a threat off of rush, and he's a great passer, and he's got good vision. So um, he, he's really improved our top six. He's improved our speed up front, and he's certainly improved the skill level. Um, so he, he's a weapon when he's on the ice. And he's another guy that I remember coaching against thinking, wow, you better, you better be well aware where he is on the ice because he can get that puck and he can turn it on and he can go and he's a threat every time he touches the puck. Hey, Rick, we really appreciate the effort uh, coming on our show today and uh, really looking forward to the game tomorrow night. Uh, best of luck. All right, appreciate it. Always a pleasure talking to you guys. All Thanks, right. Rick. Appreciate it. Rick Bonus, head coach of Winnipeg Jets. That was gracious uh, time. Give us his time there. That was great. Sorry about the mix-up, boys. What yeah. mix-up? Oh, just took a delayed getting No, on. you're but, fine. We got um, the chat about Lilligren in the power play. He, that was an awesome answer about Wheeler. Yeah. Like, it just, I think, it's it was just fascinating to hear him talk about that, and I'm sure he's talked about it in other places, but just to answer it so directly, like, Listen, yeah, it's fine. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't happy, and we, we went forward. Yeah. He had a lot of clout under Paul Maurice. And sometimes yeah. some of his teammates thought it was just uh, a little much. bit too much. A direct case, extension of Maurice, probably. Case in point, what Rick just said, less voices. And now a guy like uh, Brendan Dillon, all of a sudden, he's become a pretty important guy in that room. Yeah, and he mentioned Kyle Connor too, who, you know, I still think of as a young guy, but it's probably he's probably 27 or something now. He's 26, yeah. Like he's been around a bit. Can Can this team... Find a way to get to a Stanley Cup final? Yes, they can. They absolutely can. Because you look at that side of the of hockey, you know, <laughs> it's not like they couldn't handle any of the, the contenders or at least give them a good run. So yeah. you add one or two guys probably on the defensive side of things, shore things up a little bit, and yeah, you can handle Minnesota, you can hang Nashville, Dallas. Can you guys let me salivate about a Jets-Leafs final? Woo. Wouldn't that be fun? You thought the rivalry was hot already. Sportsnet. Oh, my God. (laughs) Please. The one thing I see on this lineup, uh, their blue line's too small. Interesting. Let me have a look. Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan, Pionk, Heinola, Schmidt. Yeah. No. Those guys are pinatas in the playoffs. Not Dylan. Never love Schmidt. No, Dylan's Dylan's fine. Yeah, Dylan's fine. Absolutely. It just I, you, do, uh, you don't like Schmidt. I like never, Schmidt. Never yeah, loved, but five eleven, six feet. Yeah, Morrissey five eleven. Yeah, uh, Demello six feet. Five eleven, six feet. Pionk five eleven, six feet. Boys, big. So Tamp, you, Tampa's D. Yet big. another market talking about Gavrikov on their team. Well, that's that's kind of the thing. Is it's like. 
Everyone wants giant good defenders. Shen. No Shen is gonna, They're going to get a first-round pick for Shen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they are. Well, every, good on them if they can. Every, every The guy single, that went, cleared waivers about, what, three or four times? You can have Brock Besser if you want but him. But. Every single article you read is they're hot on Shen. Yeah. Uh, Elliot's talking about Tampa looking at – it's like everyone wants Shen. And then when everybody wants somebody, usually – This is literally what we talked about yesterday, how there's such like a, a – Void. Yeah, I just that type of player. And then Shen comes in and plays twenty-two minutes a night, like he does in Vancouver no. on a Stanley Cup team. No, he plays seventeen. Less. Top four. Top four. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, Sammy. He's five six. He's your third pair. Okay. But that's not a first rounder, buddy. I'm just saying. I don't think it's. Out don't of get the realm. so excited. You don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to get a first for him. I'd be shocked. Second? Uh, yeah, I can see that. Third? Yeah. So uh, before we came on today, who were we talking about that I was asking you about uh, a pick? Oh, uh, Pugliarvi out of Edmonton. So he was healthy scratch last night to make way for yeah. Evander Kane. Guy who was, you know, a top five pick for them, scored yeah. 25 goals one year, defensive specialist, huge, yada, yada. And I said, what do you think it talk to get, or take to get Pugliarvi out of there? Third, third, like, yeah, fourth, fourth. What? Think? And they even he even gave me a five, maybe. It's like, <laughs> well, the Pulley makes three million. You gonna give up a second rounder for him? No, thank you. I will give them a second if they'll eat one and a half of that. Yeah. How many goals he, he had this year? I don't know if you have to by uh, by then. Maybe. And he balances out Engvall. Is he the right side oh of Engvall? Oh, my God. I can't go into a playoff series with that. As with well. Engvall and Pugliarvi? No, <laughs> Two giants who just... They're like, like twins. It's the, great, it's the great promise line that drives <laughs> you absolutely bananas. I don't know if you saw this. This is uh, interesting last night. I'd want him for the least for a full season. Anyway. Some, you like him? I like him. I like Pugliarvi. Yeah, he was, like, ranked what, top four. He just feels like one of those Nachushkin guys. He's not going to be Nachushkin. But that you just needs to get unlocked. He's like an iPhone that you oh found. You just boy. need to take him to a weird store in the in a certain district of town. Last night, um, Ian McLaren, who covers the Bruins. My boy. Sent out a tweet saying, with some hypothetical lines, Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak, Hall, Coyle, Pugliarvi. He put that out on Twitter. Yeah. And Brad Marshawn responded to him with a whisper emoji. Ah. Like a hum. I wonder, like a, if that, no, like a, I wonder if that's a shut up emoji. Is oh, it like we don't shoo, want that? Or shoo, if that's a. Shoo. Yes, you got it. Or it's a don't say that out loud. Maybe it's happening. Marchand is the ultimate troll on and off the ice. That is trolly behavior. Just gets. Like, you that, you I can think interpret a, that. I think that's a different had ways. enough out of you. We're doing pretty good without your little suggestion. Probably. I don't know. Hmm. Like. Pulley is a big analytics, like. Although it's not this year, his numbers aren't as good, but. He was a darling, and they're having trouble letting go of. He's been quite bad for Edmonton this year. Somehow, quite like, bad. Here's the thing, though, like uh, with the Boston Bruins, is that we are talking about a team that's lost half a dozen games. Like, why guys. adding? Is that your point? Like, no. What, why are you messing? Right. Yeah. Don't touch anything. Right. Like, like, eat, like, eat the on, world's on, best chili. On, what should we add to this chili? That, Leave it. That, I can't play in a on a in a lineup that is fighting for a playoff spot. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed on Brad Marchand's tweets and replies, uh, Sid Sixero on December 9th tweeted about um, 
Sean Dursey getting booed at yeah. the and his <laughs> said got booed at Scotiabank Arena worse than Brad Marchand ever was. And somehow this I this I missed this completely. Marchand <laughs> responded to that tweet saying that's because I'm a rocket. <laughs> 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 Which means it's good looking. Yeah. In case you, that's uh, too young of a term for you, Kimber. How did I miss that? Anyways, that's an aside. I don't know. And that's a lineup that still needs uh, DeBrusque, Jake DeBrusque back in it. They're good. So They're good. Stacked. Just need the Capitals to beat them up yeah. for a round I, I, before I don't the, know. soften I, them I, up for the Leafs. I, I don't know if they're, if they're going to add... Like everybody's saying, Bo Horvat. But well, they got room, right? And like, they'll, they'll I, do something. I, you think they'll go as bold as Bo Horvat? I do. Oh, right. They're close. This is a cup year. If you can get better then, hockey players than you have, then, don't uh, overthink it. And then what do you do with uh, Charlie Coyle? Well, he's your fourth line center now. Congrats. What's he make? Five. Lots. Five and a half. Lots, lots of million. Yeah. Does he know how much? Sammy, get on, on the list of caps. I don't care, you know. Like I, I don't care what they make, but where they, they play. He, Just do you want the care. best lineup? Teams you want the care. best lineup? No, now you're now you're putting a all star team together. He makes five point two five million dollars yeah, until five point two five to play on the fourth line. And then with him and uh, they're making nine mil a year on their fourth line with him and Felino. Pretty good fourth line. What do we care? I don't care how they allocate their money if they're awesome. I don't care about talking about money. It's just speaking of the Oilers, Mm -hmm. Vander Kane comes in with what seventeen minutes. Mm -hmm. Hyman gets three points. Jack Campbell, don't look now. Four straight wins. Go ahead. I just want to talk about Zach Hyman. I know. I know. I what's going on there? You want to what? Talk about Zach Hyman because there's a lot of people in this market, myself not included, that like, oh well, it's just a. Cap casualty, you just you just have to let him go. You just it's just it is what it is. You can't pay him that. And I was always kind of like, you can't. And then they did it, and now he's he's fifty points in forty five games. It's like maybe you should have kept him <laughs> fifty points. He's making in 45 five million, games. and he's a stud on the penalty kill. He's a beast, like in down low, physical guy. Maybe you should have paid him. Yeah, just move on. No, I will not move <laughs> they, on. They did. Where is yeah. that in league scoring? Just, Zach Hyman is currently and that, that's going seventeenth, tied with Nylander. At what five two five? Is yeah. that what yes. the final number yeah. was? Actually, if he's you, one ahead of Matthews. If, if the Leafs got to him early enough mm-hmm. that you don't get that that market value, maybe there was a chance you could have had him for four five or four seven five. Let me just tell you, the pack of people he is around in the league-leading point-getters is hilarious. He is surrounded by Ovi, Pedersen, Nylander, Matthews, Crosby, Dubois, Stamkos. He's right <laughs> in the middle of those guys. <laughs> and he Zach is... Zach Hyman. Talk about some value. Him and Willie in that group. Yeah. I just... They... I don't know. Zach Hyman was this absolute beast for the least. He wasn't producing like this for the least, but I always thought they should have tried to... Find a way to keep him. Anyways. 20 minutes and 40 seconds per game for Zach Hyman. So now the Oilers are getting hot. They're getting hot. They're they're fairly deep up front. They just, they, they need defense, guys. And they're just going to have to find a way to find a game changer here. Either Chikrin, Carlson, they need to hit a home run here mm. on the back end. And I'm not saying even, like, Carlson would be enough. They'd have to go and get uh, 
Joel Edmondson, too. Is Ken Holland going to be willing to get that aggressive? Uh, he's done after next year. Come on. You go retire? Well, if they don't yeah. go if they don't go deep, they're not going to give him a new contract. They'll get retired, yeah. But he has to go for it. Fired? Has to. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely they do. What uh I gotta see what their what picks they have for trading. But yes, they right now their back end is Nurse CC, Kulak Barry, Broberg, Bouchard. Yeah, not uh not too many worlds where you see Cody CC one one or 1D, two. Yeah. No, not ideal. Um while we're going around Canada, Uri Slavkovsky out for three months for the Montreal Canadiens with, I believe, a knee injury. That's that, bad, eh? Yeah. Well, listen, he's you made the commitment to keep him all year. You didn't shuffle him down in the American Hockey League. This is a big three months that he could have just gra- grabbed some more valuable experience. It's yeah. a big blow to his development. It's weird to bring it. Weird to play him this year to me. Yeah, I can see how they could look at him and go, all right, we can see an NHL player's first overall. We can see how he could get by. But he looks like a guy I would have liked to have had have the puck a lot and play the flank on the power play and get the touches in the big minutes. And it's so easy but in not hindsight. If not if he's not ready. You don't. No, I, not, I mean uh, that in junior. I would oh, have liked to have seen him, sorry. you know, like be the guy somewhere else. Yeah. There's something to be said about, again, this is, this is ego. Yeah. First pick overalls aren't supposed to go work on those things in junior or the American Hockey League. But why They're not? not? Maybe they should. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But it's still no, we're we're we can do that here. And that's I, I mean are you convinced that this guy's going to be a like does he have to be a star? Is he just going to be a very serviceable Gotta be a player. Star. He has to be a star. Has to be a star. Has to be a star. Has to be first overall pick. Montreal Canadiens. No, pre- no pressure. On that, no pressure in that market. <laughs> yeah. Don't be patient with him. Let him come along. Suzuki. Is, he played thirty-five games this year and got run over twenty-four times. Is, uh, Chris Kreider from the New York Rangers a star? Hold on. Now we're defining our second tier. Oh, We've superstar? done superstars. Uh, to me, they. That's you, That's they, your guy. That's how I I, I look at him. No, and go, I, I would like him to. Well, Kreider did get fifty last year, so I guess I, yes, I look at is. him and and Chris Kreider at times can dominate. Like that guy. There's some nights you watch him skate down the ice, and you're like, How is he not the best in the world? Like, am I watching like uh, my version of Kevin Stevens that's for Eric Pittsburgh or yeah. Penguins? Like. There's always been a consistency issue with Chris Kreider. Yeah, last year was obviously but, an anomaly for his career. Uh, Slavkovsky is a guy that is big, strong, should be able to drive to the net, much like Chris Kreider. But I don't know. Is he going to be looks better, like He's more got consistent? that Engvall power and that Engvall size and the Engvall build and Engvall hands. And uh, wait Engvall, a second. You, you, <laughs> you had me until you said Engvall. He looks exactly like Engvall. He's exact remarkable. same The way style. he skates, the way he looks, yeah. he looks like Engvall. Yeah. Um, do you think it's interesting that Rick Tockett's on TNT tonight? He's, he works for them. What are you talking about? Okay. I, th- I was told he works for the tr- Vancouver Canucks. They're just waiting to implement him. Are you going to talk about it on there? Like, is it the just massive ask, element of the room? Just ask Jimmy Rutherford. He's, he's you not told the whole world already. He's talking to other guys for Bruce Boudreaux's job. What could talk it say on the air tonight? Be like, yeah, I'm just waiting for him to fire Bruce. Like, he'll say, I'm not allowed to talk about it, and they'll move on. 
Are we sure he wants to go? If you were <laughs> no, a head, if you were choosing a place to be a head coach, there's two thoughts in this for me. 32 teams. There's not that many spots to become a head coach in the National Hockey League. Vancouver has to be near the bottom of where you'd want to go. Bottom five for sure for me. Because they are the only team in the NHL, 10 points from a playoff spot and 10 points better than last place in the league. So mushy, mushy middle, no bright future. You know, you become a guy like, and I mean this respectfully, like Dallas Akins, where if you coach enough teams and those teams are bad, you just aren't going to get more opportunities. And now talk has been with Arizona. And if you go stink in Vancouver for four years, then what? Become an assistant coach for 10 years to get another chance? Be happy with your $15 million. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's a good point. Because that's what I think it would take for Rick Talk. It probably makes a, an easy mill with TNT. That's kind of what I would think. I mean, nobody bothers me. I come and go as I please. Now I go into that hornet's nest. Yeah. Uh, three minimum. For me. Yeah. Times five. Coaches pushing for long term is always smart. And right now the Canucks look like they got to commit to someone for a long term. Uh, Any news on uh, Vancouver Canucks uh, internal investigation on, I don't know what happened to uh, Tanner Pearson. Um, This was a a headline on the NHL.com. Canucks say uh, nothing wrong with uh, with the surgery oh, good. Tanner Pearson. Oh. Now, was that the same um, investigative uh, company that the Chicago Blackhawks used? Yeah, maybe. Honestly. <laughs> Isn't that great now? You could just have your own yeah. internal I, investigation. I looked into me. And I'm good. <laughs> I did and, a little hey, self-investigation. Hey, hey. And I, I asked myself some pretty tough questions. I was hard on me. Oh, no, I no, no. I picked through no. everything. But in yeah. the end, turns out I'm okay. The ultimate look in the mirror. Yeah. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's what's going on in Vancouver. Um, they, pretend- got, they got the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight, so. Good luck. Should be fine. Um, um, among players that interest me for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Adam Henrique. Any interest from you guys for Anaheim when he's on the ice? They've outscored yeah. their opposition. When he's not on the ice, they're outscored 100 to 40. So they're much, much, much better yeah. when he's on the ice. I like him. Yeah. Be a nice ad, wouldn't he? Local guy. I'm yeah. just out here searching for Leafs, guys. He's in California. Yeah. He's not one. I think that was uh, Dmitry Filipovich who mentioned that trade. He's the only guy. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> He is somehow only dash two on a team that has a minus 85 goal differential. Mm, they're not minus 85. They are minus 85. So There's, how many teams in the league right now 32. who just have, oh. no, like, are out? No chance. I bet you there's a dozen right now. Yeah, this whole parody thing, they're still managing to be a lot of teams that are bye-bye. Like, like Philly, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal, Columbus... Buffalo, you can even throw in there. They're still no. in the conversation. Um, Ottawa, what are the Sens? The Vancouver, Sens are getting Norris back. Vancouver, San Jose, Arizona, Anaheim, Chicago. <laughs> All done. One, two, three, four, five, 
five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine teams completely out of it. Nine. Yeah. And, 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 knows. And, and, not done. Nine out, and the Leafs know who they're playing in the playoffs. Sick. What are we going to talk about for the next three months? We're going to sell the show, Kipper. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but there's always us yeah. for two hours. Yes, sir. When you're incredibly bored. Gotcha. Okay, our thanks to Gord Stellick and the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, Rick Bonus. Really good interview. Really good. By us. Um, I'm kidding, Rick. You guys crushed it. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, thanks for always joining us on our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. We haven't asked for a thumbs up, thumbs up in a while. We haven't. And like, a, and a rating and a review. Yes. On Spotify, iTunes. Be nice. Okay. Have a great night, everybody. Enjoy it. And we're back tomorrow.